0: into Colored Lens. I'm Aria Collins, a young, black, Caribbean girl who's simply just obsessed with helping you understand the media world. We're back with Colored Lens, and in this episode, we're going to have a look on how media portrays poverty and poor people. Who do you see most of the time? How accurate is it? how does the news cover these topics? We'll chat about it right here on Colored Lens. So let's get to it. If you're listening to this episode during its release date, you'll notice that, well, we're in November. And if we're in November, you're probably thinking about Thanksgiving. Well, at least if you're in the United States, right? Although Grenada, where I'm from, celebrate their Thanksgiving October, October 25th to be exact, and they actually give thanks for the American-led invasion. But I honestly don't think anybody really understands why they're celebrating that. But anyways, you could probably say the same about the United States Thanksgiving. But anyways, I am going off topic. But if you're like me and many others, when it's November, the main thing on your mind is thanksgiving black friday and the start of holiday season it's almost christmas if you celebrate if you don't it's still the holiday seasons and it's all good maybe you're thinking about what you'll be eating what you're bringing what's the best fit you're gonna pull out for the living room um whose dinner you're attending and that's the things you think about if we're in november it's like holiday season halloween's over you know however Did you know that November is actually the Homelessness Awareness Month? Because I'll be honest, I just learned that. Because just like you, I'm caught up trying to get in the holiday spirit. I didn't realize like during the month of November, we should be informing people on the issues around homelessness. But guess what? It's the perfect time to talk about it. And no, 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 you know, I won't bore you. When do I ever but I want to take a look at how poor people are portrayed in the media in the news who do you see when you're watching tv or a movie who do you see if you're used to my show by now you may notice that I usually pick about one to two television shows or like a movie a documentary a youtube video any media content actually and break it down to help you understand the method behind hollywood's madness okay so i hope we have some shameless fans listening don't worry if you're not because i'm not going to provide any spoilers but i'll try my best to warn you if i do i do the homework so you won't have to i mean if you look around especially in a city you notice homeless people all the time Maybe at one point in your life you were homeless and that doesn't make you a bum. Maybe sometimes you do give them like your spare change or something to eat or eat or whatever the case may be, but regardless, homelessness is actually a critical social and economic problem in the United States that nobody really talks about. There's approximately 3.5 million people experiencing homelessness in one year. And the way that media represents and talk about homelessness definitely plays an important role in the support and the conversations for change because it's like what we see is what we're going to consume. It's not only on the subject of homelessness, though, but study actually shows that the way people and groups are represented in media can actually affect and determine the place they hold in the economy. Like, straight up, if you see black people continuing to be, looked like poor people, then that's the way society's going to think it just goes because that's what they see on tv and just note every time i say tv i don't mean like yeah actual tv screen but whatever you're watching so let's keep that as a little thing in mind when i say tv and of course yes there are several other factors but many people fail to realize that it's like the content you consume is so crucial like it can be so 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 crucial to what you're soaking in content is meant to entertain you but it should also like educate you And, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, not every time you're watching something, you feel like you need to learn. Like, sometimes we all just need that rah, rah, stupid content. Like, we just want to laugh, we just want to relax, we just want to chill type of content. But at the same time, especially even maybe you can argue as a a learning age or using your spare time. Like, that's the times where you're going to actually want to consume things that can further you as a human being I don't I'm not even gonna say career but like just further you further yourself further how you feel further what you look at in life or whatever that that case might just be but I'm gonna say especially during your younger years like what your little children are watching what you watched definitely had an impact on who you are today more than you even realized here's my little funny story I was always competitive Like, I knew that about me. Like, I always feel like, oh my gosh, I need to come first. So, as a kid, when I was in kindergarten, I wanted to be the best speller. There was like one girl that noticed she was better than me. I noticed she was better than me, and I wasn't having it. So, you know what I did? I would literally go home and watch Reading Rainbow. And Between the Lions, which was on PBS. And if you don't know those two shows, I'm sorry, you're too young for me. You're too young for this podcast. I'm joking, I'm joking. But no, for real. And uh, honestly, when I came back to school just from watching those shows, I was the best speller in kindergarten. So, moral of the story is, I didn't pick up a book, I picked up a remote. But I was still able to get that same knowledge of a book. You check what I'm saying. So what we see on TV or any device do have a huge impact on society in which we live. So when false information is provided, that's where you see there's a problem. As simple as that, right? And now back to my point about homelessness. The stereotypes and stigma that you see about homeless and poor people in media has an effect on how certain races, black and Hispanics, are perceived and how they're treated like how they're treated in real life. Most times, poverty has been seen or predicted as a black and or Hispanic problem. And most times, those are the only races that you'll actually see represented among the poor. When in reality, many races, if not all races, face poverty issues, your race actually has nothing to do with your economic status your racial status and your economic status is two different statuses so why has poverty become something that is so race-coded let's take a short second to talk about the podcast of the week In the subject of race, over the past week, I discovered a new podcast, Black Girls Misunderstood. The title speaks for itself, for those who may be interested. My favorite episode so far um, spoke about what it's like being a black woman in the workplace. And I was on a train just nodding my head like, yup, that's how I feel. Yup, I'm about to go there right now. But at the same time, it made me feel more like aware and confident so i highly recommend it for any woman of color who may be interested in here and like a just a good vent or even someone who wants to take that step and understand what are some issues women of color face in the workplace then black girls misunderstood is for you so search it you'll find it check it out so back to why poverty has become something so race-coded And according to history, I did a little, you know, I did a little research. Poverty has become a race issue like way back. So um, what the piece I was looking at actually mentioned the 1992 U.S. presidential election when uh, welfare reform was one of the top of like the nation's agenda, like that was their top priority of what they wanted to talk about. Um, I know this is not a political podcast and I'm no expert when it comes to politics, but it was an interesting fact that I want to share for this given point. So they did some investigating, right? And realized that even since the media even since then, the media created stereotypical images of the poor. And the magazines often represented African Americans as the non-working poor. When the media needed to depict or define poor people, they went straight to using blacks or Hispanics instead of capturing the actual facts. And as a result, it caused us to create this notion that being poor is automatically associated with the minority race when that is not always the case so people think white people can't be poor right like that's crazy like there's that's not a thing or if it is it's definitely a smaller percentage because there's no way right because that's what that's what you maybe see even today, from like a fictional point of view, anything that's not true, we will tend to cast storylines of people that are using welfare or experiencing poverty as the blacks and the Hispanic population. And just as another fun fact, there's definitely a purpose in using stereotypes in television. Like I'm not 100% against it. However, when it's being exploited, that's when it becomes an issue. But let me ask you this, right? If we had to guess the percentage of blacks and hispanics making up the welfare group, what number would you guess based on what you see in the media and in the news? Me personally, I think I would guess a percentage just higher than 50%. Shit. Maybe even close to 90%. But here's the actual number for blacks. Black families make up just 27. 27 percent of the poor, and only 42, 42 percent of people that are on welfare in America. Hmm. Wow. However, when you look at a media report, a.k.a. the news, it will make you believe that black families made up to 59, 59 percent of the poor and 60 percent, 60 percent of the people on welfare. Whereas white families only make up 17 percent of the poor people shown in the news, but actually make up 66 percent of the poor population. So my guess with blacks and Hispanics being more than 50 percent technically wasn't wrong it came from what I've seen and when you see the news you think that's a valid source so there's no way the news could be wrong right and if you're just seeing things on TV you just automatically think but that's just life in the US that's just that's just how it is like the African Americans are definitely have a higher percentage of poor like they're the ones that live in the hood they're the ones that live in the ghetto like it's you know like that's just how it is when in reality, it's literally not like they have such a smaller percentage but we don't see that why why is it a taboo topic are we scared to talk about it like interesting right very very interesting And I know I'm not the only one that thought that way, so don't be like, no, Aria, you're the only one that thought it would have been 50% more than blacks. Because there was a little professor who did a survey and found that 55% of Americans thought that all um, poor Americans were black, and only 24% considered that they were other races. So some are saying the media focusing on black poverty could have been since a pre-civil rights. So some people saying it since 1992. Some people saying it's before the civil rights. Everybody just trying to blame it on history, basically. When but they said that's the case because that's when poor black Americans were neglected. But like come on, like that was so long ago. It's 2019, bruh. But it was it was since then that poverty and race. Um, had shaped this toxic beliefs that the two of them like have to go together. So it would be nice if people didn't see it that way and like not be biased towards supporting other programs or helping people because poverty have become so associated with a race. Even fellow Donald Trump didn't realize that majority of the people on welfare ain't who we think they were. In 2017, when Donald Trump was discussing his plan for his welfare cuts um, and found out that it would actually hurt more than people that were just black, they said that Mr. Trump reported to have replied, really, then what are they? And if the president of the United States had not realized that most welfare people are actually white, What does that say about the rest of the population? And the media is mainly to blame. So here's my little personal tip. The news, like I said, it don't always bring the facts. They bring stories that they make you want to listen, watch, and read because those views make money. It makes ad dollars. Ad dollars make money. So sometimes they just pull the best of the best stories things that's going clickable things that's going to make you read but it doesn't necessarily have to be of the news crazy right but what's really the problem when it comes to the newsroom the problem is the lack of diversity in the newsroom because i'm telling you just because you seen you see a black anchor on tv that does not mean the moment you look at everybody behind the camera That's I'm going to leave it like that. Like, I personally worked with news, and I've personally seen it with my own two ears and eyes. Like, I remember being in a control room filled with women. And I was like, yay, girl power. Like, that's great to see. And then I looked around, and nobody looked like me. But yet, the anchor on a 4 p.m. news is, it is black. So you think, oh, but she's black. It's relatable. Oh, but she's Hispanic. So I'm definitely, it's relatable. Like, Wow, wow, wow. Oh, but she's Asian. But I don't see them in the control room. I don't see them behind the camera. I personally haven't seen them. And that could be the problem of why certain stereotypes and things are still getting to get a fly by. Because certain people of certain generations still have a certain say when it comes to those things. So until the newsroom um, become more diverse and inclusive, a lot of those myths that we have will always go unchecked and it will just go as wrong wisdom because you think when you're watching the news you're getting wise but sometimes it's wrong wisdom you know your sponsorship message belongs right here this platform is a space where our audience can learn something new about the media industry pop culture and breaking into your desired dream job through our episodes weekly blogs and chats. If you have a product or service that you would like to chat about, just reach out. Use the contact form listed on my website, www.colored-lens.com. Don't forget the dash or reach out to me on social media at Colored Lens Pod. Now that we've mentioned how many blacks and Hispanics are represented in the media as poor and homeless, I wanted to point out Shameless, a television show that was actually rated as one of the top shows to represent poverty the right way and guess what it's an it's a white family i was about to say all white but then i forgot there's actually a gallagher that is black but that's not a spoiler you'll see that in the picture they were rated as one of the top shows that represented poor people not because of their race but because of their storyline and When I read about that, I felt like it was interesting because I became a shameless fan, honestly, because I was just shook. I was shook to see a white family being dirt poor. Like I couldn't believe there was such an idea. Like, I mean, I knew they existed, but like to see it as a TV show, like to me that was that was crazy. That was crazy to see that. And let me tell you, I was a Shameless fan before everybody was a Shameless fan, okay? I was watching Shameless since Netflix about four years ago. I used to do DVDs. If you don't know about Netflix, DVDs, they, once again, you're too young for me. Um, I was in Ithaca at the time, and I would have to watch a few episodes of Shameless on the DVD and mail it back, and then they would mail out the new one. Like, that's that's the Shameless type of fan I was. Okay. And I was hooked, like I couldn't, it excited me to finish the DVD and bring it back to watch more. But simply put, if you don't know what Shameless is about, it's about a dysfunctional family that's poor, like they're just dirt poor. The main gut of the story is our single father, played by William H. Macy, um, known as Frank. He is amazing, Oscar nominated, and in the storyline he has six children, but spends most if not all of his time drinking so that leaves the oldest daughter fiona played by emmy Rossum, also amazing to manage and raise her siblings so there are 10 seasons of shameless that is out right now season 10 was released about a month ago but i personally haven't watched it yet because i wanted to finish so i can binge watch it but i wrapped up season nine not too long ago i had took a little break so going back to the reason why I even brought up this show, though, like I said, Shameless as the first television show for me personally was where I saw white people being sh- like shine at a different light. I haven't seen poor white on TV. Well, I haven't seen much of poor white on TV and I definitely haven't seen them as a structure of a show. So like I knew they existed, but barely but it was my first time seeing how things like kind of looks on their end, you know, like it's, it was nice. It's different. So the first few seasons of sh- the first few seasons of Shameless felt authentic to me. It felt very real and raunchy as if I was just watching the chaos like right in front of me. Like I was sitting right in the living room just watching these watching um, all the siblings go at it. Like that's really how it felt as we got into season five and six which aired around 2015 and 2016 by the way, I noticed that their conversation began to shift as like the real life climate around them started shifting. Um, So it affected the content they were creating. It became more than just a family trying to survive along with the chaos and drama, but more about topics that actually affected lower income and poor people in the United States. Like, that's what I liked about it. So to summarize these seasons without creating any spoilers, um, those seasons covered gentrification and race. So in season five, Carl, who's one of the younger Gallagher, he started getting into gangbanging and drugs. Um, His friend group during that time were all African-American. And in the end of one episode, he even makes some remark, don't shoot, I'm white. Which of course was like a blat- like a blunt hit at the whole Black Lives Matter movement. But now that I'm actually looking back at it, I think that sentence was written like blunt but with a stronger purpose. Like it's a joke that's not funny, haha, we not laughing type of joke, you know? Season 6 also uh, focused a lot on neighborhood being gentrified. Which was another topic that so many um, people who are facing poverty can tend to face or anybody that's living in a a lower income type of status so I felt like it was very relatable now that I'm thinking about it it was like probably one of the most relatable topic that actually needed to be spoken about it was the most common issue that so many people so many people even me I see with my own two eyes and we tend to face it and it's crazy so in season six, they started bringing out little props in the background. So you started to see things like an espresso machine, a bicycle rack, cafes, and all that jazz that you see right on Nostrand Avenue. If you're in New York, if you're in Brooklyn, New York, then you know, go right on Nostrand Avenue. You won't see them. So my favorite line during season six was when all the gentrification situation was going on and Frank, the father, was like, there's the rich and then there's the fucked. That's the two categories season nine though which was the most recent season that i watched actually focused a lot in family traits and its impact on children if you're born into poverty well you automatically stay within that tax bracket right they showed each one of the gallagher kids forming some sort of trait that they like gained from their family members oh oh and they also had a few episodes that um looked at immigration and this lovely concept that all immigrants are poor or escaping poverty which as an immigrant myself i can tell you that is not true it's nice to see that they actually they, they found a way to expand the seasons of shameless like they couldn't sit there and do the chaos and the drama forever they had they found topics that if you're watching you're like yeah that's america that's how it is Overall, each season did cover the different aspects of understanding poverty in the United States. If you need a show to understand poverty and how it goes down here, then that show is for you. And it definitely also shows how the American government handles it. And wait for it. My, the best part is, is not the typical family that you would see. So that was nice as well. So as we wrap up, here's my food for thought. Your racial status is not the same as your economic or financial status, regardless of what you see around you or what people make you think. Because you were born in a certain tax bracket doesn't mean you can't get yourself out of it. However, history do repeats itself. If you came from a family of a lower economic status and you don't take that extra step towards getting yourself out that rabbit hole, it will continue just straight like that. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, though, but keep grinding, push yourself, and maybe even look out for our career prep services that will be happening in 2020. And oh, by the way, has any Shameless fans seen the UK version? How was it? Should I give it a try? Let me know. But until then, I'm just a 23-year-old Afro-Caribbean girl that wants to take a look at the media industry through a colored lens. If you enjoyed this episode or any of my episodes, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and follow all my social handles wherever you spend your time scrolling the most. Search Colored Lens Podcast and I promise you, you will find it. You can also head over to my website, www color-lens.com don't forget that dash where you can find my latest blog posts. just some weekly tea of shit that's going on whenever i'm not recording the biggest gift of all it is the holiday seasons after all is for you to leave a review when you leave a review you help my podcast get noticed so it would mean so much to me if you have any other thoughts 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 just reach out Always just reach out. I love feedback, both good and bad. is always appreciated. If you have a product or brand that you think may relate to my listeners, or you just want my listeners to hear more about them, you might want to consider sponsoring or donating to Colored Lens. If you donate, even a dollar. I will automatically give you a shout-out because I am a strong advocate of supporting one another. So just head on over to the donation and support tab on my website, wwwcolor I can't promise you what the next episode would be because you know we're working with real time and real stories here. All I could say is next year, we're going to get some things started. Get Get started. All right, until then, I'll see you guys later. Bye.